welcome to Gadgets, a podcast from Gizmodo where we women'splain the latest technology. I am your host, consumer tech reporter Florence Ion, and I am joined here for her very last oh, no. episode. Oh, is the co-host of Gadgets, Protocols news editor Caitlin McGarry. Flo, I yeah, I'm overwhelmed. This is <laughs> this has been such a journey, and I know. I, I'm happy I was on it with you. I am too. And listen, this is not going to be the last time you're here from Caitlin because this podcast is will remain here. It's not going anywhere. We're just going to be having some different voices on. But yes. because it is your last time as like official co-host, we're going to have a little party a little bit later. So we're going to invite on uh, a former <laughs> Gizmodo colleague and a current protocol colleague for Caitlin, Brian Kahn. Uh, and we're also going to have somebody from Earth or here at Gizmodo, Molly Taft, yeah. to talk about how tech is ruining the climate. So, <laughs> Right. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be uplifting. No, it's going to be informative, but also fun because Molly and Brian are like the best people. So can't exactly. wait. Can't wait to chat with mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. great people to hear about how the earth is being destroyed. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. Well, we mm-hmm. just, I think we hear about that often, but we should reframe it in terms of, you know, the devices that we buy and live with and the frontiers of technology, obviously crypto, virtual reality, metaverse stuff. Like we need to figure out how we're impacting the earth with both our current technology and the future. And so Molly mm-hmm. and Brian will explain it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Precisely. And then, well, before actually we talk about that, we're going to talk about a very, you know, this is a gadget podcast. And so I had to bring on the weirdest gadget that's been trending all morning in both, uh, I, I would say in both the uh, North American and European circles, this Dyson Headphone slash face mask concoction. We're going to talk about it. I don't it's even, not for COVID, by the way. <laughs> I, so. I don't even know what I'm looking at. I can't wait for people to just like open open the show notes, click this link. I, I'm looking at it right now and I'm just like bewildered. So yeah, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Dyson, the wild brand. And then we're going to end. Caitlin, today we're going to end with a little bit of fangirling over our uh, favorite thing, which is the outdoors. We do love the outdoors. It's like mm-hmm. always been a thing for us. We both like to hike. Mm-hmm. We're both now finally, both of us in California, and we wary have- of snakes. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> oh, I. Are you a snake? Like, are you afraid of snakes? Really? (laughs) Well, no, but, you know, I have, I I did warn you and our mutual friend Leah about the snakes that live on the way up to the Griffith Observatory, and I was validated. So I (laughs) came up again recently. So (laughs) I did forget that there were snakes. there honestly like they don't phase me that much but like it's it's good to know we should tell the people where to avoid snakes <laughs> yeah that's right in case yeah. indiana jones is listening to the podcast gonna make sure that he's covered yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it's a common All right, well, fear before, yeah. exactly before we get into it uh really quick if you haven't been to gizmodo.com yet this week, which is sad for you. You should come to gizmodo.com. I wanted to let you all know we've got 
the new iPad Air review is up. Phil oh. finally got that up this week, and it is still great, still fine. Yeah, you know, it seems fine. I'll actually probably buy this one because uh, oh. I need I need a new iPad. Um, and yeah, it seems like the perfect like sweet spot. It's in the middle. It's like not too mm-hmm. expensive, not too big, not too cheap. Or it has the M1 yeah. chip in it, and so you're going to get all that benefit, which is really what it's about here. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And good. for anybody who needs tech help, uh, Phil has also launched a new little column called What Gadget Should I Buy? And actually, when you submit to Phil a query, it goes to all of us on the consumer tech team. So we're all vying in with our opinions of things that we've tested. So... If you're interested, check that out. I will link to that in the show notes. And now, Caitlin, it is time for us to get into our app. All right. Let's do it. Now, this is a gadget podcast. I was going to try and start us out with my impression of Bane. But it's like oh, uh, listeners, you should have seen the Bane face. I did not see that coming. <laughs> oh, Bane. Uh, I, listen, I I didn't really I pay know. attention through that Batman movie because after after Heath oh, Ledger's I thought that was one of the passing, scariest ones. Oh, I know. That was so scary. Bane as a character is like really terrifying to me. I know. Okay. You know what else is ter- you, terrifying? You just... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. The Dyson Zone headphones. Yeah. They have this air purifying face guard, which is why we bring up Bane, because you basically look like you've got something just like clomped onto your face. Uh, Might even compare it to, I don't know, an an alien that maybe you've seen in a sci-fi series just like clomped onto your face, sucking all the life out of you. So like... Okay, let's just okay. Let me let me describe what I'm looking at here. So it's a pair of over ear headphones, like mm-hmm. and you know AirPods Max or like some Sony's or whatever. But like they have a sort of cone shape quality to the ear cup. So it's got like this Madonna like cone bra <laughs> vibe going. And then on top of that, you also have what appears to be like a face guard covering your mouth. And it's apparently an air purifier. I don't know who needs any of this. Like, okay. We also don't know how much they cost, which is, it's going to be a lot, but I just would like to take a second to talk about Dyson as a company Mm -hmm. who they like always forever doing the absolute most in some cases, unnecessarily, um, they have like vacuums with lasers in them. They have absolutely wild like hair styling tools that cost like five hundred dollars. Santa did not bring me, by the way, for Christmas, so I am still without the coveted Dyson air wrap. <laughs> okay, uh, someone <laughs> should get on that for Flo, who has a birthday coming up in May. Thank tour you. season, watch out. <laughs> Okay, we'll just drop some hints. People have uh, mm-hmm. a month and a half to get it together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I have never used a Dyson hair styling tool, so I can't I can't speak to whether you actually need the air wrap. But 
No, well, I have seen it on Instagram. I have seen I have seen folks like swap out at my hairstylist, the the people that she shares the salon with. Um, I've seen them convert over to Dyson hair tools. And so they've been getting more traction and okay. other, you know, outside of the vacuum cleaners. But these particular headphones really do look like someone lobbed off part of like the vacuum cleaner or actually Caitlin can see in my video sample, I have the Dyson, I have one of the stand up oh. uh, air purifying fans. Yeah, just like that's weird looking. It, it it is weird looking. I think my kid has destroyed it uh, because she was oh. she's just beats what it up. What do you need it for? Is it like is it like fire season situation or it was supposed to be? But then there was that whole. Okay. Remember, there was the big. I forget who it was, but they uncovered that Dyson's air purifying abilities were not as stringent or like not as strong for what we needed to deal with fire season <laughs> so oh okay and now just I use it to that. cool me down yeah. yeah yeah so okay so this the face mask on it's very weird the face mask on the headphones is okay so you know how like uh <laughs> i'm trying to describe what it looks like to people you're really just gonna have to click on this because it's it really like, does look like bane it's very bizarre like, it really does it yeah a grill over yeah. your face. So it has four. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. It has four purification modes. So it's like constantly like oscillating between like high, medium, whatever, depending on your environment. No one is going to buy. No one is going to buy this. I just. Are you seeing it? Like, could you. Would you use this product? <laughs> Here's what like, I'm why thinking do you need about. To listen to headphones at the same time as breathing in this purified air from this machine. Do you maybe remember vaguely when the over-the-ear headphones became very popular? People realized, oh, I can I can drown out the noise on the plane. I feel like in our yes. post-COVID world, more tech is going to come out. With something like this, Dyson was already really pushing their products like, oh, we can purify the air. Oh, the climate control, everything sucks. I could see people in first class just having these on, A, to show like how much money they have, because Mm -hmm. I feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of people, you know, when noise canceling headphones came out, it was like, well, I can afford the $400 headphones, so I'm going to buy these. And I could see this. You know, I could see some people catching on to the grift here. And the thing is, again, this does not protect you against COVID, by the way. You would have to use a special little mask that goes on on the inside because the whole mask piece is not fully sealed. (laughs) There's still a little. Yeah, it just like lightly covers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is an airplane thing. Um, Sure. Sure. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. I would never. We don't know how much it costs anyway. So uh, we don't know how much the first class, business class folks are going to laud themselves over being able to afford this. It could be, you know, this this fan that's behind me. I believe this was around like 600 bucks. Wow. Five, five or $600 when it first came out. This is a couple of years old. And the filters inside this thing are 60 bucks a piece. Oh, my. Have, it's expensive. Air purification. 
It is, but the the Koei that I have upstairs that I bought for $250 off Amazon, which by the way, I can wash the filters in the shower. So, you know, mm. I can take like the, the shower head and clean them off, put them back in. It does way more for my environment during a fire season than this thing does. So just something to keep in mind right. with some of these products. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you're just paying for nothing. Paying Isn't to be the first one the to truth? say... Yeah, I'm the first one that got it or something to that effect, which I kind of, Dyson kind of has an air of that to their products. Yes. Yeah, for sure. I just, I really hope I see someone wearing these headphones in person one day. I just, just to see someone out and about, it would just bring me so much joy. (laughs) I mean, I... I feel like because Dyson is working on it, that means that this technology has been, you know, shrunk down to... (sighs) All I'm saying is I can see a lot of knockoffs coming out. So you think we're going to be seeing like air pure... People wearing like air purification masks? Yes. Okay. The same because of the pandemic. We we can't even (laughs) get people to wear like regular masks. (laughs) Well, I don't mean 100% of the population, but I do see parts of the population that will be convinced that this is something that will help them. And maybe the technology for that will come out. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Interesting. I see this product going nowhere. I'm sorry. I'm a skeptic. I'm a skeptic. I know. What can I say? I am actually really bummed, by the way, that Dyson... So apparently, by the way, they went through 500 iterations of this Dyson zone, and which is wild. And still settled on this one? I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't. mm <laughs> I am waiting for their self uh, walking up the stairs robot vacuum. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm told that this is something that oh. is coming out soon. So. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> I hope you get to review that. It would be I a joy. It would be a joy. All right. Well, let's take a break from talking about gadgets. We're going to bring on some climate experts. We are. Up next. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Well, we're back and we've got two wonderful guests joining us. First, we have Molly Taft from Earther slash Gizmodo. (laughs) Hi, Molly. Hi. I know that like <laughs> link is always really awkward. <laughs> I just got to let people know that you are here, you know, who are your, you are here for and yes. who you are really representing. And then also representing the uh, former Gizmodo post he used to have and the current protocol post that he has now is Brian Kahn. Hi, Brian. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> former coworker. <laughs> 
I know. We already we already explained the dynamic here at the top of the I pod, so people are aware okay. that yes, we got a mix of current and former mm-hmm. coworkers here to have a party right. to send me off into. It's the- a big it's a big family reunion. It is. We're it doing, is. Yeah, doing it right. Exactly. Well, and it helps that Brian and Molly are so good at their jobs and what they do because the both of you seem to have I, the stars aligned, the moon was out. I think the moon was in Aries this week. Oh. And the both of you put out some pretty pretty incredible reporting this week. I want to start first with Molly. You, wow. So first of all, we're Caitlin and I, because this is her last episode, we're always railing on NFTs and crypto for just being like completely useless uh, wastes of time. And Brian and Molly seem to have both... <laughs> It's just a little back more, that up. It's a little with more evidence nuance than that, I guess I should say. <laughs> uh, we do think NFTs are generally a scam, and that crypto is bad for the environment. And we do also partly a scam. <laughs> yes, thank you, thank you, Kaylin, for just, putting some journalistic touch on that. Yes, yes of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, Molly, Brian, you have done some reporting on the mm-hmm. environmental effects of crypto. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's not great. Molly, we're going <laughs> to spoiler alert. We're going to start with you. You are kind of you took the international approach to this. So your article really focused on an NFT garden in the Amazonian rainforest. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. I explain it, a little it, more. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a weird one. So, um, you know, as I'm sure you guys have noticed as you're talking about NFTs in general, like everyone is trying to add NFT everything all the time. So, um, and and kind of conservation efforts are are no exception. We already saw like a couple months ago, I think it was the World Wildlife Organization tried to NFT endangered animals uh, and, oh, yeah. and got kind of like broad pushback on that because uh, it's, it's not only dumb, but it's also like kind of missing the point. But, um, <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> yeah, like, okay. Um, you know, but I, I, I think that... Uh, you know, on the surface level, kind of, you can understand some of the impetus where you've got this really hot market for something and people willing to spend a lot of money on it. So, you know, I've personally had a lot of conversations with people who think it's a good idea to try to turn this into something that benefits the environment. Um, Unfortunately, there are a lot of caveats there. So this uh, new company, um, Nemus, I believe it's pronounced Nemus, it's a Brazilian based company. yeah. And, and, you know, their mission is they are selling NFTs that represent um, specific tracts of land. They own, um, I think, a couple hundred acres right now of the Amazonian rainforest. I, I couldn't figure out where exactly. There's a like a lot of crypto operations or NFT operations. A lot of these details are pretty scuzzy. Um, but they they own they own parts of the forest. And so their proposition is they're going to sell NFTs that represent specific tracts of land um, to people they are calling guardians. Um, sure. So uh, wow, this reeks yeah. of adopt Wait. a child yeah. overseas. I'm sorry. Oh, I was gonna say like adopt a part of the highway. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, it's yeah. not earther friendly. We don't adopt <laughs> highways. Okay, we destroy them and turn them to bike lanes. Exactly. That's what we do. So, like, um, adopt a highway. That's like not as bad as adopt a child. <laughs> that was a little better than mine. I went to a Christian high school where I was fed that weekly, so I apologize. That's where my brain went. Oh first. no, I remember those commercials that would come on at like 10 p.m. like for like five minutes long. Um, but I think that the adopt a highway analogy is actually apt. Um, when I was a kid, I used to go find 
and think you were literally adopting a highway. But as my parents pointed out to me, it was more like a metaphor for, you know, helping. I was like, can we adopt a highway? Um, so this is actually kind of similar to what's going on here. You can't actually own the tract of land after you buy an NFT. Like you can't actually own a lot of the things that NFTs are sold of. Um, but what this company is proposing is you will be able to be involved in um, the maintenance and conservation decisions. You'll be able to get special data about what they're doing to restore the land. Um, and like a lot of kind of NFT operations, they have a very, um, they have kind of a very lofty goal of what sort of their DAO um, that is associated with this project is going to look like where they, they sort of envision this future where, um, you know, the decentralized control or like ownership of NFTs associated with land will lead to this beautiful world where, you know, uh, the economy flows between indigenous peoples who are helping restore the forest and no one has to, it's, it's very, there's, they have some really lofty goals for restoring the forest, but in the short term, it does seem like the money is going to go towards some sort of conservation project. So that's kind of how it works. Um, which, you know, I, I'm not, and Brian can probably echo me as well because he's been following this too, but I'm not like surprised that we have this right now. What I did think was interesting about this company is they've had one interview in Reuters, one English speaking interview, and most people who are running environmentally focused NFT or crypto projects at least have some sort of modicum of like, oh, we're aware of the, we're aware of the critiques and we're buying, we're, we're working on it. We're buying carbon offsets. You know, we're based in Ethereum, which is switching so soon to this um, system that will be less damaging. But the, the like, honestly, to his credit, the CEO of this company was like, that doesn't matter. Like our mission is so much more important than like carbon emissions from crypto, which like really when I read that interview, I was like, wowie, okay. Um, so so that's kind of what initially caught my eye about it, basically. Oh my God. That's that, a lie. That, that is that is a lie. You know and... what? I gotta say, I respect it. I respect that. Yeah, that's exactly. like look interesting. You know, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Who cares about carbon? I mean, you know, just well, I mean, I care, but I'm glad that he's just like, whatever. I totally respect I'm gonna just I'm going for it. It's I fine. Know. Yeah, I asked. I I also should say that like I asked uh, I asked the company for clarification of a lot of this stuff, and I never heard back from them. So this is taken from one interview with the founder that I could find. Um, but you know, maybe he was misquoted. But like, it would be a wild misquote. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess like you have to if if we have to deal with NFTs, which we do, uh, at least they're our efforts to make them like less awful. I don't know. Would that be, can, would this project fall under that umbrella? I don't know. Yeah. So that's kind I of like like it, what was right. Yeah. Brian, go ahead. I was going to say, I don't know. I, I, I struggle with that. Cause it's like, it just, it's, you're still turning this natural world into a commodity and maybe the end goal is to kind of save it, which is great. If that's how you, mm. you, you know, the only route to save it, but that strikes me as kind of a very reductive way of, thinking about nature and our relationship to it. It's like, oh, if we can just turn it into another thing to buy and chuck on a blockchain and someone gets a JPEG certificate, then like, we did it. But like, I don't really feel like that ends up restoring the world as it should be. Um, so it's kind of a, I don't even know if it's a half measure. It's something. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't think it's it it is Brian, I wanted to actually pivot because so you were, you were covering kind of the, the state side 
effect of what's going on in the crypto world. And I thought it was just like an interesting parallel to the article that Molly wrote. Do you want to talk a little bit about it? And you actually, you went on location, right, for this one? I did. Yeah, I got to go to the Finger Lakes in February, <laughs> a great time to visit upstate so New York. Cold. <laughs> um, yes, right after a winter storm came through and there were like ice schools and everything. And then I was cold and it sucked. But it didn't suck because everyone <laughs> up there was very nice. Um, but yeah, I went up there to sort of visit this. Well, I tried to visit a Bitcoin mine up there. It's technically a power plant, but they basically, a company, a private equity firm bought a power plant, turned it into a Bitcoin mine, um, and they provide a little bit of power and then do a lot of Bitcoin mining using natural gas um, basically all the time. So last, uh, I think it was last year, their revenue was $9 million from generating power and $88 million from mining Bitcoin. So it's basically a Bitcoin mine with a little bit of a power plant attached. And so, you know, looking at like, what does it mean to do that? Um, it means bad things happen and it means that New York might not make its climate goals. So, you know, it's the other side of this, like you have these transactions happening on the blockchain. Um, Bitcoin, you can't do NFTs, but like, you know, you're still dealing with cryptocurrency and you're frying the climate in the process. And this little town is kind of like, no, we're not going to do that. So we're going to see what happens. Uh, there actually should be a ruling by the time this podcast comes out of if, if the permits for this plant get renewed or not. So we'll see. This is incredible to me because I can see this. I can basically see this, um, this subset of grift, basically coming after <laughs> folks who are kind of like on the outlier, like people who live out in the middle of nowhere where there's a lot of room to build these things. It's the same way that like, I'm thinking of how, you know, Google and Amazon built their uh, their distribution centers and their server farms like out in the middle of nowhere. And they're like, mm -hmm. oh, well, we're, we're bringing jobs to these areas. And so that's why they're great. And so I'm thinking about the Bitcoin grift and just how they're, oh, well, we can bring jobs to this rural area. Like we can help these people. But the rural area is already suffering from so much inconsistency and, you know, bad laws and just like nobody is taking care of these people. But then this like light of capitalism comes in you know, creates a little HQ and all of a sudden it's like, oh, I guess this is what's supposed to save us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's happening in, in other states like this. It's not it's definitely not exclusive to New York, um, like turning old power plants or like abandoned um, plants of any kind, like into Bitcoin mines like that. It's happening, I believe, in Kentucky and other states. And it's like, yeah, Flo, I think you're right. It, instead of, you know, turning those plants into like places where, you know, rene renewable energy could be developed or or investing resources into developing renewables, like we're just going to flip this old plant into a Bitcoin <laughs> mine, which is terrible. But yeah, it brings jobs, I guess. But I mean, this in this case, like it's not a ton of jobs. I mean, it's supported by the local electrical work, uh, electrical workers union. So it's not like it's doesn't have a, it has some support but you know there's this tourism industry burgeoning in the finger lakes it's a big wine region there are tens mm. of thousands of jobs tied to that and then you know like does a power plant burning natural gas 24 7 to mine magical internet money fit within that vision like i think you know at least the community members their answer is like no way and so that's why there's this widespread opposition in addition to obviously being like we kind of like the climate the way it is and should probably not burn the planet down <sighs> This stuff is hard because yeah. it's just it's so unregulated. And I'm so scared that we're going to have the same issue that we have with with tech and the Internet right now, which is the government is trying to catch up to, like, regulate all of the stuff that's been happening. But the damage has already been done. 
And it, it just feels like by the time this gets regulated, again, the damage is gonna it's gonna be it's gonna yeah. be done. Well, <laughs> in this in this finger lake situation at least, like maybe maybe something will be done by the time this comes out and like that's one one tiny step. <laughs> and to it's help tiny set step, a precedent. I mean, it also is interesting because Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, what they want to do too is they want to. There is a bill currently in the New York State Legislature to have a moratorium on Bitcoin mining, but to get enough support behind it, they had to do a moratorium on new Bitcoin mining. So, in theory, this plant and other ones that are already operating could continue to operate. And so, there's actually this big rush right now at this plant in particular to install more mining capacity, so that when the moratorium, in theory, does pass, assuming it does, they can just say, "Well, all right, we'll stop with you know the servers we have, which is still a pretty substantial number of GPUs mining Bitcoin." So it's a uh, you know it speaks to your point though, Flo. Like regulation is a little is a lot behind where these mining operations are at, and it needs to catch up ASAP. And Brian, I think what you said about like the tension between like kind of the local, like what the local people actually want in their community versus like what the Bitcoin, like you know, the miners think is best is like one tension that I am seeing a lot is like this idea from crypto folks and, and folks working in NFTs that this is a solution that everyone needs to move towards and it will create a better world. Like they are very ideolo ideologically motivated. Um, and that's something we're seeing with this project. But what they fail to account is like how their projects enrich some while leaving some others behind because this idea of Web3 is not actually the reality of what it is right now or potentially could mm -hmm. ever be. So like in both of these instances, there's this real tension between like what it sounds like people who are benefiting and profiting from these projects think is going to happen like in, in a couple years and the reality of or, you know, decades from now and the reality of like what these projects are actually doing on the ground right now in real time to like the climate, to communities, to local economies. Yeah, this goal is is all about like decentralization and everything will be more equitable. And instead, it's just like we're replicating capitalism, like and just calling it something else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a private equity firm that bought this mine, right? They vertically integrated a Bitcoin mine for a private equity firm to return investments to their stakeholders, their shareholders, right? And like, they're like, oh yeah, we bought like the jaws of life for the local town fire department and things like that, which are you know good, right? But like that's not $88 million good. Like that money is just a fraction that's staying in the community and not, you know, doing what it needs to be doing, or it's doing maybe what it needs to be doing in their eyes, which is making a few people who are already rich, much richer. Mm -hmm. That's right. And the guy who founded the Amazon NFT company once helped broker a deal to sell part of an oil company. So it's like, it's not that those people can <laughs> do good, but I do Love have it. questions about the actual altruistic motivations that they put on their website. If they're not making a buck, then, you know, I would be really surprised. Yeah. Well, Molly, Brian, I'm going to link to your wonderful articles in our show notes. And I know we said this is going to be, it turned out to be a really great talk. Like, I'm so happy I had the both of you on. Um, I feel like we should say something unhinged, though, because <laughs> we said we were going to. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but then we ended up, you know, because because we're all a bunch of just really smart people. So it's, you know, it's nice that we can get together and laugh and also yeah, teach mm -hmm. people. Teach people. <laughs> That's what we're all about here. Again, <laughs> teaching people. <laughs> just teaching people about Bitcoin mining. <laughs> Listen, the earth uh, is melting. This is why. So we're just, you know, yeah. we're journalists. We're here to inform. We are. And I think yeah. it's important that people just pay attention to what's happening in their local communities because that's where you can actually make some sort of difference. Agreed. And yeah. And I think 
people often just sit back and think like, oh, this is happening. Like I can't do anything about it. But uh, agitating on the city level is often incredibly effective because yeah, city Mm -hmm. legislators like hate to be yelled at. (laughs) I will put out a pitch. If you see a Bitcoin project in your community that is like, hang on, what the fuck is happening? Email me. Don't email Brian. Email me. Oh my God. Okay. Oh my. Right. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> we did it. We did it. We brought that. Oh, no. Wow. Was this a Gizmodo setup this whole time to be like, oh, Gizmodo's going to get all the scoops now? Listen, Unbelievable. I need the scoops. This I'm is a Gizmodo podcast. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> Gizmodo versus protocol? No. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not putting that into the ether. I okay. refuse. We're That's... all after the same goal here to tell people about the grift. Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's exactly what we're here for. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this was a blast. Thank you, this Molly. This was good. Thank Molly, you, Brian, Brian, thank you so much for just sharing your wonderful work. And I can't wait to read more from you guys. Thanks, guys. Well, thanks for having Always us. A it's nice to see everyone. <laughs> you too. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Well, there's nothing that us pale people love more than to go outside with lots of SPF. Isn't that right, Caitlin? <laughs> I thought you were going to say something about like how much we love nature because of the climate and like we're trying to preserve the earth. But no, you just went straight for I did. a personal attack. I did. Well, it's not a personal. I'm wearing SPF right now and I'm inside. <laughs> okay. I mean, same. Uh, yeah. It's just a fact of life for Flo and I. We are mm-hmm. translucent and we are. It's fine. Uh, so, yeah. yes, but we do spend a lot of time outside um, wearing hats and long sleeves. And I do. Yeah, wear, yep, Flo, that's right. You, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, we both love to hike and mm-hmm. do other outdoorsy things. Uh, so, one of my favorite things, and this is slightly tech adjacent, is I like to pull up all trails mm-hmm. and just scroll through all of the nearby urban hikes in LA that I haven't done yet. And there are quite a few. I don't know if you know this, but LA is like, it's big. Well, There's I know a lot this. of hikes. <laughs> yes, you do. You are, you are aware. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's just fun to like read reviews from people and like see, you know, how strenuous the hike is. And you can find like basically, like you can filter i mean you can't filter by mood but it feels like that like you can just assess the vibe very quickly from the all trails uh app which um highly recommend if you have never Mm -hmm. used it i also really like the all trails app yeah well i also found it really helpful because 
with my kid, she's not really of hiking age yet, but like obviously I want to try and take her outside in the stroller. And so because of the reviews, which I would suggest if you don't pay for all trails, it's $30 a year for the membership. And even if you use it a couple times, if you're looking for very specific trail information, this is how to get it. I was able to figure out like where people have taken strollers, like where I can actually, where there's Mm -hmm. actual pavement and things that you won't really get from looking at a Google map or, you know, going to like a park website. So those, I like, I like those like user, you know, submitted situations. And to that end, I will also say, in terms of finding hiking in your neighborhood, let's see you live, let's say you live in a really hilly place like I do, Strava is really great for figuring out who in your neighborhood has figured out like their own routines. And so you can see like, oh, this person goes up and down this hill you know, <laughs> this many times to oh. like get exercise or this person has figured out that you can like walk behind these houses and there's like a little trail and that'll give you like a two mile walk, you know, something like that. So I've kind of appreciated Interesting. having access to that. Again, publicly serviceable information, people just submitting. Uh, and Strava also added some privacy features now so that nobody can see where you start and end. So it's kind of just a nice way to be like, oh, I can take that route as a trail. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Strava for a while got a little, it was a little dicey because they like so many people use Strava and it's obviously uses the GPS on your phone or if you have the app on like a GPS device, like a watch. And like it was showing uh, Strava users at like military bases that no one knew mm-hmm. existed. So they got in a lot of trouble back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um you know, on a normal, like, day-to-day basis, like, their their data is really useful to see, like, where people have gone and what routes you can run and stuff like that. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Yeah. Caitlin, have you ever tried any of those guided walks? I'm very curious because you know that, like, the Peloton app, if you have, you know, if you're just paying for the classes or you have the, de- the device at home, whatever, a treadmill, bike, you can actually, you know, listen to some classes while you're out with music and have somebody be like... Walk faster, walk slower. I do. <laughs> you do? I do. They're actually, yeah, they're extremely good. Yeah, the Peloton, um, the audio runs and like walks, they have, uh, they have like so many different types. So you could do like a 20 minute power walk or like a 30 minute run or like, and you can just pick the time Is frame. Is you, you walking want. like through LA, like do, 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 with your socks, your yeah, white socks kind of hiked up a little bit? Oh, I don't, I don't really do that look. I have like very stubby legs, so I don't try to (laughs) cut them off with like a white sock situation. (laughs) I I can understand Um, that. (laughs) We try to elongate the leg. Um, Yeah, I think the power walks are really good. I, I actually do use them. Some of the, some of the guided runs are funny because it'll be like I'm running through a neighborhood and running past houses, and the instructor will be like, "All right, high kicks, high kicks," and I look like. I'm, I'm trying not to be like in my body at that moment. It's like, it's like, I'm like away from myself because I don't want to. Yeah, it's a lot. You don't want to access (laughs) like the embarrassment, the embarrassment neuron, because you know that like if you were in a gym class doing this, it'd be fine because you'd be surrounded by other people. But because it's just you in your ears, nobody knows why you're kicking in the air. And they're like, (laughs) yeah. 
They're like, oh, she was running and all of a sudden, high kicks. <laughs> What's happening out there? Yeah. Uh, I haven't I'm dealt just imagining with any private security just like... guards yet. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. It's absurd. Uh, but anyway, great form of exercise. I've talked about the Peloton app on the pod before, but I think it's worth the money. Like, I take so many classes that are not on the bike. I take, like, yoga. Um and like the stretching classes are really good. Oh, yeah, the stretching classes are yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like them too because they have music. That's one of my frustrations with some of the fitness apps that I use is if they'll have classes, there's no music to accompany it. So it's like I want to take mm-hmm. your classes, mm-hmm. teacher. That you know I've been following for years, but I need I need something else in the background. <laughs> Yeah, the Peloton Music Please. Library is extensive and it's good. They just added a Reba McIntyre class. Listen, did you watch her at the Oscars? I did. You Iconic. did. <laughs> Iconic. That song is horrible, but like, wow, she is amazing. Still, that song is. So, how was that song nominated for an Oscar? I know. I don't know. Anyway, it Reba's a queen. Reba can do whatever she, she wants. Yeah. Yeah. It's fitting that my last episode, I'd go out talking about Reba McIntyre. <laughs> Listen, I also DM'd you about another redhead that we absolutely stand, which is Nicole Kidman, because I was watching her and Keith Urban and how they were like lovingly holding each other's hands during the ceremony, as like a couple does, you know, when they're watching a movie or like just, yeah. you know, enjoying something together. No, I love them. They've been like through some some real shit together and like... And she Anybody with, with Tom Cruise as an ex? Come on. Yeah. She obviously appreciates her current life very much, and we love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's what I really like to see. It's some humanity from these people yes. who make so much money. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. stars. They're just like us. They're just like us. Caitlin, I am sad that this is your, <laughs> this is your last co-hosting gig with me here, but... This isn't the last that people are going to hear of you. Yes. You're still in my in my circle bubble. So, mm-hmm. yes, you know. I will continue to torment you on all the platforms, Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter, text, mm-hmm. whatever. Whatever. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was it was an absolute delight to be able to have 22 episodes. Well, actually technically you were off for like one or two of them, so 20 episodes. But... Wow. <laughs> Let's not round down, okay? I was here from the beginning, and that's what counts. (laughs) Sorry, I was being so pedantic. I didn't mean to be. I didn't mean to cut into that. But, you know, I just wanted to be factual. It's the whole journalist thing. Yes. You're afraid to, like, say a wrong fact. It's true. Um, It's anxiety. But it was great to launch this with you. I'm glad that people have enjoyed it. It's been a blast for us. And, yeah, I'm sure we'll do this again sometime. She'll be back, folks. Don't worry. She's not going anywhere. I'll be back. I know. She's not going anywhere. As for me, I will be back here next week. So please be sure that you are subscribed to us wherever you get your podcasts. That's Gadgets. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, where we also have our own special vanity URL, which shout out to Pocket Casts for that. We'd also like to uh, thank our producer and sound engineer, Ryan Allen, who's also going to be back here with me next week to help make sense of the wild gadget and tech news that's going on around us. Also want to thank our cover designer, Vicky Lita, who's out there making beautiful art. And a reminder that if you have any questions, comments, concerns, 
about Caitlin's leaving, you can send me an email, gadgets at gizmodo.com. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's going to be fine. But if you need to write me, it's I'm here for you to offer a little support in this trying time. You can also tweet us at Gizmodo. But if you really do need to talk about what's going on, email's the best, I would have to say. It's the most personal. So something to take into consideration. Until next week, everybody, thank you so much for listening in. We really appreciate you, everyone who's followed us, subscribed to us, downloaded our podcast, or sent us feedback. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Until next week, everyone, be safe. Yeah, let's plow ahead. All right. I didn't do any show notes for this, so we're just going to grab it by the horns. All right. Here we go. Okay. Because I'm a Taurus. That's why I made that. Uh, Yeah, I know. (laughs) I was wondering where you were going with that. (laughs) You're going to (laughs) what? The end of an era. (laughs) 